Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Ambody. Thanks for listening. Got a lot to get to on the podcast today as momentum is starting to build publicly for a Pac-12 media rights deal to get done. Members of uh, the league's uh, leadership across different schools have been publicly commenting on it. Of course, leaving some outs in some cases, of course, as the Big 12 tries to throw uh, their wrench into uh, the media rights deal negotiations and try to, to poach uh, some of those Pac-12 schools. We've got a lot to break down on that front. Some very interesting quotes from different members of the Pac-12, as well as an interesting quote from one of the potential members of the Pac-12 from Stan- San Diego State. So we got a lot to unpack on that front. We're also going to talk about SMU football, what they need to accomplish once they return to the practice field next week coming off the spring break as they continue to roll toward their April 14th spring date, uh, spring game date. So we've got a lot to uh, discuss on all of that. But first, I told you guys about uh, an, uh, an announcement that I'm really excited about, a new friend of the show uh, here at On the Pony Express, and that's Dank Vodka. Dank Spirits, which, is fa- which was founded by Trey Feist, uh, an Army veteran, a bartender by trade, and he and I got into discussions a couple of weeks ago. Um, shout out a golf connection, and we said, "Hey, this is a good idea. Let's let's partner and let's tell people about the first terpene-based liquor in the country. It's already an award-winning uh, vodka. Uh, Dank vodka is uh, quite simply a, a sipping vodka. Trey's idea was to take you back to the pre-prohibition days." where you can have stirred martinis and drink vodka on the rocks. And I got to tell you, trying this, they really knocked it out of the park. I, I think you you try this brand of vodka, and it's a premium uh, vodka. You can find it in Specs. You can find it in Total Wine. You could also order it on Drizzly. He's expanding across Texas and Dallas, Houston, and Austin. We'll get you guys a lot of dates on Total Wine tastings uh, that Trey has been out and about doing for Really, ever since uh, I met him and got in contact with him, he's been on the road. We've been talking about how we're going to do this and partner up uh, with Dank Vodka. And I can tell you, it's really smooth. It's really refreshing. I think when I get a chance to sip on it, I could see myself by the pool. I could see myself playing a little golf. You can also wind down with it at the end of the night, which I think is so nice about it. Um, It's odorless. It is that um, flavorless vodka with a little bit of a lemon zest. It doesn't give you that burn on your throat when you taste it. Um, I think it's just incredibly smooth, and that goes back to those terpenes that they've included, as well as zero added sugars and byproducts. So I'm really excited about partnering with Trey on this. Trey Fies, so if you want to support a veteran-owned business, Dank Vodka, um, we'll post more information on it on the site as well. Check them out, Dank Vodka. Um, and we're excited about this. This was really a fun uh, partner for us to uh, bring on board for On the Pony Express. So thrilled to be with uh, Dank Vodka. Give it a try uh, and let us know what you think. Jumping into Pac-12 media rights discussions. This is something that I think we've all kind of been waiting for, is when would the floodgates really open for public commentary on it? And Baylor AD out of the Big 12, Mac Rhodes really jumped on this and didn't pull any punches when he talked about how they are going to 
um, you know, go through this process and try to do what's best for the Big 12. And they're eyeing the four corner schools and all that. Then you get the Pac-12 ADs and presidents kind of sticking up for their league. You know, I want to start with a with a couple out in Arizona. Uh, the Athletic interviewed Arizona President Robert Robbins uh, about where things stand. And I, I think he expressed confidence kind of looking at his Q&A. You can read it all on The Athletic. I don't want to give it away, but just kind of reacting to it. Um, the majority will remain on a linear deal, uh, linear platform for the Pac-12 media deal, which is a good thing. Uh, ESPN is obviously that primary bidder in that regard. Amazon and uh, Apple are also in the mix. But he said they haven't seen a formal number, but they think they're going to get the bronze medal, so to speak, of uh, media rights deals. And that would be behind the SEC and the Big Ten. So that is some pretty strong confidence that things are going to be in a much more positive position than some have been saying. Um, some others in the media have been saying, and certainly, you know, when you try to break down all of this and see where it's all going to go, uh, it's uh, quite interesting to get all the different angles. And from my angle uh, of things, I've heard anywhere from just below the Big 12 to above the Big 12, which, of course, would be good enough to keep the Pac-12 together in all likelihood, because um, I forgot who said it, but I, I think it was one of the president's. Uh, that was interviewed said nobody's going to leave for a couple million dollars left less and pay a exit fee and do all those things. It just doesn't make sense. So if the if the deal is good enough in that sense to keep the league together, uh, you're going to see it stay together, and that's where the mo momentum is building. And the biggest thing for SMU fans to know about uh, President Robbins' comments is how supportive he seems to be about SMU joining the Pac-12. And we've said this on, on theponyexpress.com for our subscribers. If you haven't signed up, try free for seven days. It's a few bucks a month. Just do it. If you're a diehard SMU fan, you're going to want to be on board as this all unfolds. But he said the big thing is Texas. And you can get into Texas not only just because of recruiting, uh, but he views Texas as the next California for Arizona as far as pulling students from there. And that makes a lot of sense. And honestly, I, through the years, I've gotten to know a lot of uh, U of A people who have now resided and relocated to Dallas. So they've got a strong base here of alumni. And they also do have kind of that, um, you know, out west, but not all the way out to California thing going for them. I mean, U of A is a fun place to go to school as is Arizona State. So there are, you know, some Dallas area students that would love to consider that school, I think. So they could renew a push in Texas. Um, and it's something that is a part of an overall strategy for Arizona to get into Texas and, and specifically in Dallas. Um, and he just, you know, basically supported SMU publicly, I would say, you know, that he did mention that there needs to be a grant of rights. There needs to be a new media deal before they can do any of those things as far as pulling SMU and San Diego State. But he was supportive. And that backs up what we've reported on theponyexpress.com. Arizona has been one of the biggest supporters of SMU when it comes to joining the Pac-12. That's the big school, or at least one of them, that has been supporting SMU. So, um, I thought his interview was very interesting. You can go check it out at The Athletic. It's behind a paywall. Stuart Mandel did it. 
Um, but he does play both sides. You know, he didn't completely rule out the Big 12. Um, but, you know, Brett Yormark is certainly in contact uh, with them, as is Endeavor, uh, which is the PR firm that is working on this for the from the Big 12's angle. And he acknowledges that. And a lot of people have. And ever since Endeavor has been acknowledged as a PR firm that has been pushing a lot of the buzz around the Big 12 stealing the Pac-12 schools, we've seen some of that buzz kind of die down um, in a way. So, um, you know, there is um, a sense that from President Robbins, he said, I wouldn't expect any of you, meaning the Pac-12, uh, to leave the Big 12 if you didn't know what deal you were getting there. We've got to see what see what deal we're getting, and then I'll be able to make an informed decision. So that's where he kind of leaves the out. Um, but he did call a lot of the Big 12 propaganda, let's just call it, uh, speculation and fear-mongering, which is a pretty strong statement um, to kind of punch back at some of the, the buzz around the Big 12 stealing uh, Pac-12 programs. Then you get to Arizona State President Michael Crow. He said the media rights deal, and we reported this and others have out there, um, Pete Thamel, um, Ross Dellinger said it on, on the podcast last week and others. Um, it's in the final stages of the media rights negotiation. He said this in an interview, interview with the state press out there. Um, Piper Hansen and Alex Wakefield uh, dropped this uh, to kick off the week. Um, the school is also committed to playing in the Pac-12 conference. Um, so a, a good, strong backing of the Pac-12 from Arizona State, which if you've been following on theponyexpress.com, Arizona State is kind of the school that has maybe been a thorn in SMU's side um, throughout all this. But it, I think overall, the league is now in a very strong position of, we're awaiting this deal. We're going to sign a grant of rights if it's what we think it's going to be. And then SMU and San Diego State are next in. And he acknowledged that it got more complicated once USC and UCLA left and what that market became for the league. And specifically, the market going up and down for media rights deal, the market's going up and down um, right now. I mean, he said this this week with everything going on out there as well. But he said at the end, he said, we have fabulous sports teams and the remaining teams, we're going to get a good offer. We're in the final stages of that process. We're close to knowing where we're going to be, and I think we're close to a deal. So those are all things important um, when it comes to you know trying to sift through some of the reporting out there. And granted, people can talk out of the side of their mouths a little bit and not necessarily be genuine in any of this. But when you have so many of these league presidents from different aspects of the conference, you know, schools that would leave, schools that could stay, saying the same thing, I think that's important. And some are going to do it to different levels of commitment and, um, you know, just strength in their comments and, and trying to present that unified front. So there's different levels because people are different. People have different mindsets about it. Um, but he did say, there have been no discussions with the Big 12 Conference on moving, meaning for Arizona State. There's been discussions between everyone, everywhere, on all things related to where our conference is going and where stuff's going to end up and what's happening. We are committed to the Pac-12. And a lot of people on our site debated that statement, and he said, well, he said there's been no discussions, but there's been discussions. 
I think you got to break that apart. And and they did in the story. There's been no discussions with the Big 12 Conference with Arizona State, which I don't necessarily believe. But he did say on moving. So there's the key por- uh, point of that. There might be discussions, but in terms of moving, that's not out there for them. And on the flip side, everyone, meaning the media, meaning people across college football and, and college in general, are talking about realignment. They're talking about Pac-12 expansion. They're talking about Big 12 expansion and trying to poach the four corner schools, Big 10, Colorado, or uh, Big 10 and Oregon and Washington, all of those things. People are all talking about it and wondering how it's going to end up. So I think all of that is important context in terms of his com- comments. But he went out, went, went on to talk about um, their involvement in Tempe's uh, entertainment district where the Arizona Coyotes are going to uh, build a new arena and do all those things. So um, it was a really, really good uh, in-depth uh, interview. You should read it. It's not behind a paywall on the statepress.com. And then you had Mark Harlan, the athletic director of Utah, um, you know, who talked on uh, KSL, KSL Sports, um, which is one of the, um, uh, I guess, media coverage um, you know, outlets in Utah. Uh, he said, I've been clear all along. Other schools have been clear all along. We are together. We are 10. I am very pleased with where things are trending. I think we will wrap this media rights deal up pretty soon. We have always had a plan. And I think that those were strong comments as well. I think those are ones where you've got to look at it and say, wow, um, these, 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 leaders are very much in lockstep, at least publicly, with how they're handling uh, the rumor mill that's been going around. And uh, I think the worry, of course, would be, again, that it that this is not true. This is not something that they're necessarily, um, they're not necessarily being truthful about, which you know, you can't trust anyone in, in realignment um, because there's been backstabbing before. There will be backstabbing again uh, in the future as the ACC has to make a move eventually and and do all those things. So I think this is all really positive um, when it comes to SMU's realignment chances. And I'll leave you with, with one more quote and we'll just kind of, you know, again, kind of reassess where everything stands with this. San Diego State Athletic Director J.D. Wicker in a quote to John Howard of CBS 8 out there, they're there, the Pac-12, TV deal is definitely going to happen. I think it will happen in the next two weeks. And this quote was on Tuesday or uh, on Wednesday. Then we'll see what happens. Certainly uh, leaves it open for what's going to happen next for him. Um, But he is apparently well enough in the know to get a feeling that this is going to happen and then The we'll see certainly leads you to believe uh, in a sense that they're going to be watching very closely. And like SMU, they are watching uh, to see that media deal done and to see an invite come their way. So um, I think for San Diego State, SMU, and, you know, somebody on our board was saying, well, where's Rick Hart, you know, with a quote too. I mean, Rick Hart made the biggest statement and SMU and President Turner made the biggest statement by having George Klyovkov publicly at a sporting event um, in Moody Coliseum. So I think that shows where they feel uh, things are headed. And uh, Mike Oresko also quoted 
uh, in a story at on three, Eric Prisbell had it. Um, and he was very bullish on the future of his league. Um, but he said this quote, and uh, I'll read it to you guys. But you can see that, you know, Mike Oresco is, is pretty much, you know, um, submitting to the fact that SMU could very well leave. Um, but it's very publicly in his face that SMU is going to leave if the Pac-12 does strike this media rights deal. And, um, you know, for the first time, we're seeing SMU ruffle feathers with this. And so here's the quote. We're all waiting for the shoe to drop. It will be nice to just get this over with. This is irritating because we'd gotten to the point where a lot of this had ended and now we've got to start up again. We don't know what's going to happen with SMU or even other schools, depending on what happens with the Pac-12. What happens to the Pac-12? We don't know whether they're going to implode or they're going to be fine and add people. I just hope it gets done in the next month or so and we can move on. So, um, you know, Mike Oresco, who uh, I believe is he's on his way out um, as AAC commissioner, um, certainly now in a in a tough position. Um, and he's always been a fighter for his conference. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, but you could see the irritation in his voice on, you know, the quote from uh, our story at on three um, talking about realignment and, and how it's affecting the league. I think, and I said this probably last summer on the podcast, and I said it in a story, I know I wrote it in a story, that SMU had to get creative and they had to get aggressive with their push to join a Power 5 conference. I think that, that so far they have knocked that out of the park. They have done just about everything you can ask for in terms of working it behind the scenes. And if this, if this all happens and SMU joins the Pac-12, Credit is going to be due to a lot of people involved. President Turner, David Miller, Rick Hart. These are the, the leaders that are involved with this in coordinating a strong visit for George Klyovkov in investment in facilities, in working it behind the scenes with presidents and le leadership from the Pac-12 and other leagues, because this has been an all-out press from SMU. And I think when UCF and Cincinnati and Houston all made that move, then the heat got turned up even more. So you can tell Mike Oresco's frustration with SMU is there, fairly valid in a way, um, with now how public it's become with George Klyovkov's public visit to SMU. But I got to give credit to SMU. They have just done a terrific job um, with this. And if it all falls into place, um, you've got to give credit where credit is due. And I'll leave you guys with a quote on uh, on this as we kind of wrap up on, on this subject from President Turner at the groundbreaking in December of the Gary Weber end zone complex. It's been important to show that we've had all this investment in the last 20 years in a lot of other sports. So it was important to have a major construction project for football that would enhance the stadium. As you've noticed, a lot of these new stadiums are being built in the 30 to 35,000 range. Because with all the things with streaming, keyword streaming, and everything else, attendance at most with 30 to 35 will take care of most. So you see the investment in SMU's over $100 million end zone facility. You see the mindset of, we're going to see a lot of streaming, and they know they have to enhance the stadium. That's the biggest piece. And I think in the long run, if this deal does go through, you're going to see them address a lot of the things that SMU fans have also um, been asking for for some years uh, around the stadium. So 
Um, there's a new there's a new uh, scoreboard going up in the north end zone that will be permanent, and there will be a new end zone in the south end zone that will be permanent as well once that is completed. So you could just tell the investment and the commitment to being aggressive that SMU has had has been key in all of this. So been really impressed. Obviously, it has to get across the finish line, um, but a huge week for SMU in terms of positive buzz, positive momentum around this moving forward. So um, they got some validation from Arizona State, Arizona's president, Robbins, um, Robert Robbins. And you can't really ask for much more if you're an SMU fan outside of get this deal done. So we'll continue to track that at ontheponyexpress.com. Definitely hit us with a subscribe on our YouTube channel. We're about 175 away from 1,000. We're almost there. Thank you guys so much for subscribing. It's been an unreal ride to grow the channel. Uh, also, subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. We've been dropping a ton of recruiting news and scoop on the board all week. Try free for seven days, and then it's just 10 bucks a month after that. It's a couple beers. It's a couple Starbucks coffees. Just subscribe. You'll want to be on uh, when that shoe does drop for the Pac-12. Finally, I do want to talk about SMU football. We didn't talk too much about them, uh, the Mustangs, the current Mustangs. With spring practice on the last edition of the pod with so much recruiting news to go on. Uh, but uh, a lot of goals that I think Rhett Lashley and his staff want to accomplish once they do return to spring practice. And I think you've gotten your feet wet with the newcomers. Um, I saw... Um, uh, an Instagram or, or something from uh, social media that um, uh, SMU transfer wide receiver Keyshawn Smith and Romello Brinson were both staying in Dallas over spring break to work out and work on their craft, which I think is just awesome. Like that's what you want. Keyshawn Smith, you can tell he's got that playmaking ability, but he's got to put it all together. We've talked a little bit about the drops he's had in spring practice here or there. And, if he puts it together, he's going to be one of the top wide receivers in the AAC this year. I don't think there's any question about that. You have a receiver who can run like he can, that can get up like he can. Um, and if he can catch the football at a consistent level, he's going to be one of the better ones for SMU. So Romello Brinson, oozing with talent, again, has to settle back in and be more consistent. Um, I think they're going to uh, both do that. Um, especially Keyshawn Smith with the talent he has as they get more comfortable with these quarterbacks and back in the scheme that helped them at Miami. So those guys putting in the work, I think that's important for those guys to settle in and get more comfortable with their surroundings, with the offense again. That's what you want to see from guys is staying and getting extra. We know and we talked about it with those two, um, especially Keyshawn Smith. This was a business decision. You know, Rob Likens at the signing day celebration said, I didn't know if he was going to want to come play for me again because I was so hard on him as a freshman. So kudos uh, to those guys getting in that extra work. Um, as far as the goals for SMU coming back off the spring practice or coming back to spring practice, obviously you want to stay healthy. Um, they want to you know, be as healthy as they can be going into the summer, make sure no one has a nagging injury that's going to affect their preparations for fall camp and the season. I think so far, so good. They've done that. Uh, we've noted they've held out guys like Jake Bailey, Dylan Goffney, Justin Osborne. Tyler Levine is recovering from, from his offseason surgery. Um, and there are some others. And there are some others that uh, are, are not, you know, 
practicing right now. They're working out with trainers. They're they're rehabbing. They're doing all those things so that they can be full go come uh, summer for fall workout or for preparations for fall workouts and all those things. So staying healthy, obviously a big key. I think for SMU at the linebacker position, they really want to have a good idea of the pecking order um, going into the summer. And I, you can say that about every position. I don't think there's any secret to that. The coaches would love to have a really strong idea about that. But at linebacker, you have so much unknown. You have Ahmad Walker, who's coming in, knows the defense well, uh, has produced at a high level for Liberty the last two years. Scott Simons knows what he's getting out of him. But Jaquandis Burns comes in as a as a like a leaner version of himself at the end of last year. Scott Simons telling us that really he got too big um, and, and it affected his play, even though he got more comfortable in the scheme later in the year. What they've seen from him is a guy that came back a little leaner, but strong. And I think Jaquandis's length and size, and Scott Simons talked about this, just how much more comfortable he was from spring ball last year to where he ended the season. And now, now has been key. And he said he didn't want to judge newcomers like Alex Kilgore and Chris Adamore the same way he judges Ahmad Walker, Jaquandis Burns, Kiki Burns, and guys like that, which makes a ton of sense. But you want to see them take that next step. They got a crash course in terms of Chris Adamora and Alex Kilgore in the defense over that first week or so of spring practice, about a week and a half. And now they have time to review what they've done, review where they're at. And now you have, gosh, starting from uh, March 21st all the way through that April 14th, you have this run of practices to really build up that confidence, not only in yourself and how you can play the position, but also with the coaching staff's confidence in you. So I think seeing how that pecking order pans out, you know, with Cam Farrar also in the mix, they had Brandon Maizano in over the summer, um, but they they have some key things to figure out in that room just because they are going to try to add another linebacker. We know that, um, and they want to address that position in the transfer portal. They still have multiple spots available to address that room with. So if they can do that, we're going to see, obviously, the depth improve, but you want to know going into the summer kind of what – what confidence level you have in these guys merging to play a lot, whether it be Burns, whether it be, uh, whether it be Jaquandis Burns, Kiki Burns, uh, Alex Kilgore, um, Chris Adamora, guys like that. You want to see kind of where they're at and, and how much you might have to press for another linebacker to come in. And you flip over to the tight end room. And I think we're seeing the reemergence of Nolan Matthews Harris, which was a big question for this room. You have RJ Maryland, who was incredible as a true freshman, set records, did all those things. And then you have Nolan Matthews Harris, who came in from Arizona State as a transfer with a lot of buzz around him. Great size, good athleticism, great kid. And just for whatever reason, hasn't been able to stay healthy. Now he's in spring ball. He's healthy. And he has made some really nice catches out there. He's made contested catches. He, he's made catches over the middle. He's run a solid route tree. And he's got that size that SMU needs at that position in terms of blocking. And I think that's so important that they have that this season. They're still going to try to find a tight end. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They need to add one that they can rely on 
to be that number two, but especially in the trenches, help with that size. Nolan Matthews Harris uh, emerging in spring as a legit option is really important. So I think over the next few weeks for spring, you want to see if he is, in fact, answering that question. Is he answering the challenge? And so far, so good, but it's only been a few practices. You want to see how he emerges over the double-digit practices, right around uh, double-digit practices they have remaining. If he comes off a spring break and continues to have that strong, um, powerful in the run game, uh, consistent catching the football um, performance, that is a key question that you have answered if you're SMU football. For Casey Woods in his room, for everybody involved with offensive game planning, we've seen Nolan Matthews show uh, sparks here and there of what he can do, but the consistency to stay healthy has been the issue. Seeing him run around in spring, you can tell he's healthy. And you can tell he's having fun with it too. So um, Nolan's always been a fun guy to interview. He's, he's all the way back to when he was a recruit coming out of high school in the Frisco area. Uh, but Nolan Matthews-Harris, uh, really impressed. That's a big question they've got to answer, um, though, um, in the final weeks of spring ball is if he's going to be a guy for SMU or is he going to be somebody that's unreliable? Because in that room, there is... I mean, it's it's a room you you can't necessarily count on in a way, so much so that they have Elijah Chapman playing tight end and H-back here and there and being a force in the run game, which I think is a great idea. Elijah did that a little bit in high school as well. But um, for Elijah to get that opportunity, I think it's fun going into his final season. He's got incredible brute, brute strength, strength out there. But that's what they've had to do in the run game to get creative, um, to see what they can do. Uh, to help the run game and to help bolster that. So the tight end room is a big question mark as well. I think for SMU in the pass rushing situation that they have right now, you have some question marks. And I'll say this because, kind of flipping back over to defense, I'll say this because you have Jalen Samuels suspended. Um, We don't know when he'll be back. He's obviously got a ton ton of talent. You have Jane Jones, who's uh, recovering from injury and, and sitting out this spring is what it looks like. And then you have uh, Nelson Paul back. You have Isaiah Smith, who showed a lot of promise as a freshman coming back. But another key piece of this is when you have a base defense out there that has some big guys like Jordan Miller, Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, Elijah Roberts, uh, Mike Johan, Sanjo, and Jiki, uh, Braden Flowers. He got a little nicked up in the last practice before spring break, so we'll see where he's at. But they have a lot of bigger guys out there that can't necessarily give you that pass rush. So how do you manufacture that? That's going to be important. And I just feel like when you lost Kerry Wiley and you lost some of the linebackers that have been able to rush the passer for you um, coming off you know, blitzes and things like that last year, You've got to find a way to get more pressure. SMU's offensive line has you know, more talent coming in the interior this summer when they have Ja'Kai Clark and Logan Parr coming in. They'll have more competition there. But right now, this offensive line is still struggling here and there, I would say, um, with the pressure that the front is creating just from their size and strength. But when it when you get to the season – we need to see it translate a little bit more. And I want to see somebody like Isaiah Smith 
and Nelson Paul really elevate their game over the final few weeks of spring practice and, and get to that next level as far as pass rushing. Because one thing we've seen from, from SMU is how they create pressure is, is different uh, on multiple levels. Um, they bring different safety blitzes. They bring uh, a corner here or there. Um, they have blitzes, you know, from linebackers, but just rushing four, it's, it's tough to get after the quarterback without a doubt when you rush four, but you've got to have somebody that you can go to. And so I, that's something I really want to see a little bit more of is, is, is Nelson Paul and Isaiah Smith and guys like that create a little bit more havoc uh, back there in terms of uh, rushing the passer. So um, with Jaden Jones out and Jalen Samuels out, I think that's certainly a, uh, not a, necessarily a question mark, but an area where you'd like to see a little bit of improvement. Um, and that's kind of a, a big key. Um, finally, I mean, I think you just want to see Preston Stone and Kevin Henry Jennings continue to develop. The pair kind of finished on two different levels on that final Thursday practice. You had Preston Stone, who had one of his best days. He hit the deep ball. Um, he was uh, effective on many levels. Uh, the ball popped out of his hands, probably the best it has all spring. And then Kevin Henry Jennings, just after we talked him up, you know, it kind of started slow. He had some batted balls. He had uh, a couple of interceptions or, or near interceptions. And so for both of those players, taking it to that next level, if you're Preston Stone, continuing to get more comfortable now that you're back off the injury, and Kevin Henry Jennings, going back to what you did early in spring practice, um, is going to be key. That's where you want to see those guys be consistent. And for Preston Stone, he's entering his first year as a starter. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you just want to see that level of talent consistency come through like it did that last spring practice before spring break. I think one thing that made his practice the best is for the majority of his deep balls, he was confident. He uncorked them when he needed to, got the ball down the field, made big plays. Continuing to develop that trust in his deep ball is probably the biggest question that SMU has to answer this spring, quite frankly, because if you have this talented wide receiver core of Jordan Curley, who's having an unreal spring, Roderick Daniels having a strong spring, Moochie Dixon having a good go at it, and Keyshawn Smith, Romello Brinson, and others just out there making plays, especially on the outside guys, that's where you've got to help your receivers. And I think that's Preston Stone's biggest thing that he needs to continue to improve on is when you're ready to go, go. Don't take that extra hitch. Don't take that extra pat on the ball. You got to let it go. Let it fly. That's when Tanner Mordecai was at its at his best in terms of throwing the deep ball. Jessamie SMU did a good job of last year, I felt like. So some questions to be answered for SMU football. We will be out there next week to break it all down for you. We are also going to project the depth chart for the Mustangs on both sides of the ball before SMU gets back out there in spring practice. Kind of give you guys an idea of how things are trending at every position. So be sure to look out for that at ontheponyexpress.com and also be on the lookout for um, Dank Vodka, our new partner, Trey Feist, a U.S. Army veteran, started this brand of vodka back in May 2020, giving you guys this refined sipping premium vodka that doesn't burn thanks to those terpenes that he's used to create this award-winning vodka. Got a couple awards under its belt already in just a couple years of having it out there. And I think the biggest thing with Dank is it's just beginning to develop 
into this brand that is going to be known around Texas. So we're excited to partner with Dank as they get their ball rolling down the hill, this snowball of Dank Vodka. With Dank Vodka, you can see bottle's pretty cool too. Um, so check that out at your local Specs, Total Wine, or order it on Drizzly. We appreciate their support of the podcast and as well as we appreciate you guys supporting the podcast. So be sure to um, check out Dank Vodka today. Let us know uh, what you think about it at ontheponyexpress.com. You could also hit us up on our social channels and let you know what you, let us know what you think of Dank Vodka. So guys, we want to wrap up this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. We appreciate all you guys listening. We appreciate our, our friends at Dank Vodka uh, and what they're bringing to the podcast now. You'll get to know them very well. We're going to have Trey uh, and, and uh, Trey have him on and uh, talk about Dank Vodka a little bit more, how he got it started. Um, but support a veteran-owned business, born and raised in Texas, Trey Feist and Dank Spirits. You can check, it, check them out at dankspirits.com for more information on Dank Vodka, our new friends uh, at the On the Pony Express podcast. So thanks for listening to this edition, and we will catch you guys next time on another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast.